The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The legendary drummer for Canadian rock band Rush passed away at the age of 67 after a three-and-a-half-year battle with brain cancer. He is widely considered one of the greatest drummers to ever hit the stage. He'd been a part of Rush since 1974, was the band's primary lyricist as well as the drummer. Uh, the band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013, and doing the honours was super fan Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. Rush, fly by night, caress of steel, 2112, a farewell to kings, hemispheres, permanent waves, moving pictures, signals, grace under pressure, power windows, hold your fire, presto, roll the bones, counterparts, test for echo, vapor trails, feedback, snakes and arrows, clockwork angels, 45 years, over 40 million records, thousands of shows, Their influence is undeniable, and their devoted fan base only rivaled by the Grateful Dead. Look at you people right there, all of you right there. And their legacy is that of a band that stayed true to themselves no matter how uncool they may have seemed to anyone. So, Consider this mystery solved. It is our honor to finally... <laughs> ...induct Rush into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So there you have it. That was when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Neil Elwood Pert was born in Hamilton in Ontario in 1952, grew up in nearby St. Catharines, started taking drum lessons at the age of 13, and well, the rest is history, my friends. With a look back, we're joined by music publicist, commentator, and Sirius XM radio host, Eric Alper. Hi, Eric. Well, I don't really need to be here. We can just keep playing Dave Grohl for the entire segment. <laughs> that was That's such a good. It was such That's a fine. great introduction. I with that, so great. <laughs> he's such a he's such a music fan and a music geek. He, it's impossible not to be enthusiastic about why Rush should have been inducted in the Rock World Hall of Fame years before he got a chance to. Eric, I was reading an article uh, over the weekend. It said, loved by a few, hated by many. Growing up, my friends listened to Zeppelin, Van Halen, the Steve Miller Band, Pink Floyd. To be a Rush fan in the 1980s had had about as much social cachet as being treasurer of the math club. <laughs> <laughs> Love them or hate them, a hugely influential band. Huge. Um, you know what? If anybody ever second guessed that, all you have to do is just take a look at the thousands upon thousands of messages that were on social media 
from guys that were in Black Sabbath to Dave Grohl to Nick Cave, some of the biggest musicians of all time have tipped their hat at the legacy that is Rush, and especially Neil Peart, since not only was he one of the greatest rock and roll drummers or music drummers of all time, but also because he wrote the lyrics for the band too. So a lot of that has to be chalked up to when you're talking about when you talk about the success of the band, um, you know, Neil Neil had such a big part of it because it was his lyrics mm-hmm. that made the band so different than everybody else. What was it that, why do you think there was this love-hate relationship or there has been with Rush? Have you ever seen what they look like? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much that. Um, you know, they're they're one of the, and 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 I say that with like just like bitter honesty. It's like when I remember watching them on Much Music, they looked a little bit older, a little bit wiser. They certainly didn't fit in with the Duran Duran or yeah. the Cure of the day. And even in the seventies, when it was like glam rock and punk music and disco, they didn't fit into that either. They just seemed to go on their own road from the very beginning and travel that road for 45 years Amazing. with very, very few missteps. But I think part of it is that um, they, they just took you into another world. You know, Neil was a, a huge reader of sci-fi and fantasy and um, humanist books and philosophy books, and he used those readings um, and ideas and philosophies into lyrics and having songs that were 8, 9, 10, 12 minutes long. Yeah. So they weren't singing about your your everyday boy meets girl, boy loses girl. You have to figure out a little bit deeper into what was going on in the mindset of Neil. Yeah, and this was interesting too because from the same article it said you didn't dance to Rush. It wasn't heavy enough to bang your head yeah. or, or simply enough to tap your feet. You'd never play it at a party or for a love interest unless your goal was to break up. The music didn't set a mood. What Rush's music did was compel attention. Uh, songs unfurled in intricate, unexpected, subtle but cohesive patterns and then it goes on to the lyrics saying, you know, pop songs are about love. Most heavy metal songs about sex. Most country music songs seem to be about hard knocks and breakup. But Pert's songs and Rush's songs, by contracts were about anything else. The themes were political, scientific, interpersonal, futuristic, philosophical. They were, they had a depth to them. Yeah, and especially when you first listen to their music, maybe as a teenager, and you kind of dig them because you realize that Neil happens to be the greatest rock and roll drummer and Alex Lyson might just be the greatest guitarist that's living and then Geddy Lee happens to be the best bassist and best keyboardist around and the three of them made music that made you think. So as a teenager, you think, wow, these people are really, really smart, but I get it, I think. And then you get older and you realize that in your adulthood that this band that has stayed with you for 20 years or 25 years or however long it was for each person, you realize of what they were up to. They were talking about real serious issues that made you understand that there is a bigger world out there. And I'm not talking about like other worlds like Earth or sci-fi stuff, but there's a world to live that is outside of you and we're all responsible for one another. And the actions that we do affect everybody else. That's a pretty heavy topic Yeah, yeah. when you're trying to, you know, drive to get to work. But I think it's only when you're an adult when you truly realize the importance of something like a band like Rush in your life. Uh, Eric Helper joining us this afternoon, music publicist, commentator. He's a radio host on Sirius XM as well. Now, uh, Neil Pert kept this illness uh, very, very quiet, didn't he? 
Yeah, in fact, I was even shocked, and I'm nobody, but I can only imagine what what fans of Russia around the world were 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 facing when they realized that Neil died on Tuesday, and we only found out about this on Friday. Mm. You know, when when you have a health issue like this, and you're famous. Um, as a celebrity or as a musician, there's really two ways that you can go about doing it. Um, you can have the entire country on your back while you have a very public goodbye in the way of Gord Downey from mm-hmm. the Tragically Hip, or you can be like Neil and continue your life as a private, secluded person away from the spotlight with your family and your very close friends and the, the label and the people that matter, and you can choose to live out the rest of your lives uh, in dignity and in quietness. And that's exactly the way that Neil chose to live the rest of his life. And I think when something like this happens and the way that you pass away from brain cancer, um, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard on everybody, um, like all cancers are. Um, but you're never fully prepared for what could very well be the end. And uh, uh, I think it was a shock to almost everybody on this planet that he was so close to uh, his last remaining days. Well, and, and you look back at uh, at his life, and I mean, he's gone through tragedy quite a bit, um, you know, in years past, losing his, you know, his his young daughter and then, and then his wife. And the one thing that people keep saying is that, you know, this band, if you've talked to them or if you've interviewed them, they they still seem to just be regular guys who've remained really grounded um, and and have just, you know, the, the music is, is along for the ride, just like them. They haven't, well, of course, it's their whole world, um, but it's, it's not taken over their world. Yeah, in 1997, when Neil's um, then first daughter um, and his only child, um, Selena died in a car crash. Um, nine months later, ten months later, uh, Neil's wife passed away from cancer. Neil's always said that he really thinks that she died of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. And then they took a break from that. I don't think anybody would have ever thought less of them had they never returned because it was that devastating to Neil. In fact, he just took off on a on a countrywide in America motorcycle trip that yeah. was the start of a long writing career that saw nine published books about his ideas and life and philosophy. Yeah. Um, but when that happens, though, you know, it, it has to change you. And um, I don't think... You know, there's always like a a little bit of a second wind with this band that when they came back a number of years later, um, they wanted to go out on their own terms. And even when Neil, um, you know, fought through those last remaining shows in a little bit of pain because of of health issues and his arthritis, um, I think the fans would have just loved to have them in any other way. But (laughs) yeah, you see Getty Lee behind the home plate of the Toronto Blue Jay game. (laughs) Alex shows up in clubs jamming with people. They just kind of want to have a good time, and I don't think that they could come from anywhere other than Canada. Um, one of the other, and I've never seen them in in concert, but from what I've been told, and in my text line from those who love, and it, you know, this was interesting too, Eric. Just before I get to the concert bit. Um, Die-hard Rush fans texting me in on on Friday afternoon saying, okay, you know, one of the greatest musicians, one of the greatest drummers of all time, one of the greatest lyricists of all time dies, and, you know, kind of barely uh, a a blip on the screen, although we were talking about it a bit, we were talking about it in the newscast. He says, but then Gord Downey passes away, and it's like Canada comes to a standstill. What? I I don't want to compare, but, I mean, can you? I thought it was the opposite. 
to be honest with really? you. Really? Um, uh, yeah. When I I was pleasantly surprised and happy and sad at the same time of how quick Neil's death um, traveled around the world. When you had people from the UK and Japan um, and uh, every it, it it seemed like every music fan came out of the woodwork to say something about Neil. Um, the fact that he shied away from the spotlight had a lot to do with it. Um, I, I thought it was a much bigger deal than when I originally thought. Um, I think with Gord, I mean, Gord talked a lot about, you know, not only what he was going through, but he talked a lot about this country and he made us feel like we were really part of that journey since day one. Um, uh, it, it, uh, Neil probably wrote a lot about this country, just not so much on the openness of it. Yeah. And, and again, it was what I was saying before. Um, I, I mean, Gore took the entire country with him on that final tragically hit sure tour did. that um, we could do nothing more than just sit in awe and watch him and then let a, a huge cry and sigh of relief when it was all over because mm-hmm. it was just so emotionally walloped and draining after a while. With Neil, it just seemed like we were all hit with the information all at once, and that's the story of the news cycle. Anybody yeah, is lucky yeah. to get more than 24 hours. Yeah, you're right. Well, um, you know, I know there's a lot of heartbroken Rush fans uh, out there this afternoon. I'm getting tips coming in of what albums I need to look at. When I was in high school, and again, this is in the in the 80s. You're talking like 85 to 89. I mean, Rush wasn't high on my list, but one of the guys I went to high school with, and I told this story on Friday, his name was Bill Webb. He was a huge, huge Rush fan and tried to get us as 16-year-old girls girls to get into it and I mean those that you know, we're talking Michael Jackson Tears for Fears Dream right. that's, yeah. it wasn't working so maybe I'll have to working, maybe no. I'll have to you know cycle back around now that I'm in my uh, in my 40s and see if I can find that appreciation for 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 what's there I have heard and I don't know if it before I let you go Erica and I'm not sure if you've heard this or not about what's going to happen with with his drum kit and with his with his all of his drum pieces no, I haven't heard anything. Has something been announced? Or uh, well, I had heard some rumblings that it was going to be split up uh, among schools across the country. That's interesting. Um, if anybody is listening that has a connection to Rush, I have a fully open basement that they can <laughs> store anything here, and I will be more than happy to play it um, until the cows come home and my neighbors complain. Eric, thanks for this. Always good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too. We'll talk soon. Okay, Eric Alper joining me this afternoon. So I admit, off the top of this, we had uh, heard from Dave, Dave Grohl, Grohl from uh, the Foo Fighters as they introduced uh, Rush into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. These are Neil Peart's comments when it happened. We've been saying for a long time, years, that this wasn't a big deal. Turns out, it kind of is. <laughs> Our sincere, heartfelt thanks to Dave and Taylor for doing us the great honor of indicting us. <laughs> Theirs is truly the praise of the praiseworthy. Maybe one day we will be indicting them. I've always liked to quote from Bob Dylan. The highest purpose of art is to inspire. What else can you do for anyone but inspire them? It is gratifying to think of us having inspired these youngsters to pick up a pair of drumsticks, a guitar, a rhyming dictionary, and torment their parents as we tormented ours. All the previous inductees into this pantheon of rock are like a constellation of stars in the night sky. Among them, we are one tiny point of light, shaped like a maple leaf. 